Hello and welcome to Parental Guidance Suggested. Jay Nellen here with Adam Cravens. And what did you go see? I went to see Men in Black International. Ooh. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that. Um, uh, it, uh, first of all, first of all, okay. does Thor take his shirt off? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, at one point. All right. Um, Is Tommy Lee Jones in it? No, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones are not even name dropped in this movie. And so, as I understand, Thor has taken a job hunting aliens with, um, you know, the Valkyrie. Well, funny enough, um, this is actually a Marvel comic. Really? It wasn't initially. Like, I can't think. I'm trying to remember the the first. Uh, miniseries was with a with two separate like companies. One of them was Malibu, but eventually those two. It's like Airtel or Artel was the first one, and then eventually Marvel buys Malibu. So technically, this is a Marvel Comics movie. I never knew this was based on a comic. Yeah, that the Men in Black. I think it's a uh, Lowell Cunningham. I think is the guy that wrote the. Um, the original comic series. Mm-hmm. He did a couple of like parody comics for uh, Star Wars later on. Like it, the the films have slim to nothing to do with the comic book. They take the the very lightest of. They wear the black suits. Um, they they investigate extraterrestrial life, and then it really everything else that connects to the comic book is completely absent. Like they really took the the. The skeletal concept of it and just took it in an entire different direction. Like it's not a particularly funny uh comic. There there's no wisecracking uh Agent hmm. J. Like there's not a curmudgeon of an Agent K with it. Hmm. Um this this one squarely takes place in the universe established by the first three films. Mm-hmm. The it, it's uh, like I said, they don't they don't really they don't name drop those characters. And if I'm remembering right, they don't make any reference to the first three films either. Um, the the in head essence, in essence, this looked like a reboot. Hey, let's hope we can get another franchise out of this. Um, I, what I'm guessing happened here was Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones and uh, Barry Sonnenfeld, who were the, the the director and the original two stars, uh, probably in 1997. Got a really sweet deal oh, for these movies. No. Yeah, um, like Will Smith had just came off uh, Independence Day. Tommy Lee Jones had recently gotten his. It's either an Oscar nomination or Oscar win for The Fugitive. The two of them, who are still reasonably large stars now, were. I mean, they were they were on fire mm-hmm. whenever this movie got put together. And I would say at this point, they are so expensive to keep on there. They were like, if we can get rid of these guys. And still turn a profit, we'll be we'll be doing fine. And from the look of the opening weekend, that is not the case at mm-hmm. all. Um, what are we looking at numbers wise? Okay, Dark Phoenix, which famously bombed last week to mm-hmm. thirty three million dollars, probably a reputed cost of around I think they said two hundred million dollars. Like it's probably going to be the first X Men movie that domestically does not cross the hundred million dollar mark. Men in Black International. Uh, the first three films adjusted for inflation, I think they all open in the $70 million range. In 1997, they were opening to like 
50, you know, 54 million, like right around that number. So like all of them had reasonably large openings. This film, unadjusted for inflation, because it's this week in 2019, opens to $24 million. Oh, wow. That's like an indie film opening. Like that's, this would have been good in 1994 if your film opened to that. Um, In 2019, to be a sci-fi action blockbuster, this is not where you want to be. And like, I don't think it was nearly as expensive as Dark Phoenix was. But like, let's say you're talking about 150 million like this is a franchise the the last of which was the highest grossing i want to say it did like 800 900 million dollars like this film is going to do well to do a third of that business when was the last time chris hemsworth was in a film that did not open to a gajillion dollars when was the last time he wasn't in a movie that was produced by Marvel? Oh, okay. Okay. And, and before you say, but this is the Marvel yeah, comic book. Yeah. But I wouldn't right. have said that. It, the MCU. The MCU. Okay. Like, I, I, I think, and Sony is really bad to do this with a property. Like, whenever they tried to reboot Spider-Man with uh, Amazing Spider-Man before they turned it over to when MCU. When is the latest Spider-Man coming out, by the way? It's July. Okay. Second We're a few July. weeks away. Yeah, like it's the very beginning of of this July. Um, it, it's like they didn't understand precisely why they were hits. They were just like, well, people love Spider-Man. They just want us to put out another Spider-Man. That's what they want us to do. I would argue that your linchpin in the original trilogy is Sam Raimi. Like, mm-hmm. that's the guy. His passion was what was bleeding onto the screen. Like, that guy really loved the source material. Um, the second one, and while I don't love them quite as much as a lot of people uh, seem to, the, the second f- film is also widely considered to be like one of the best comic book movies ever made. Uh, the third one is not as good, but it's also when Sony started interfering and saying, well, we need Venom. We, you need to put him in here. Mm-hmm. You, you see how much he doesn't care about that character, and the quality of the third film definitely suffers. When, when he asks them to delay the fourth film because he wants a stronger script and they, they're just like, well, we're done. I, I, I think they almost deserved what happened to them with the like declining grosses of Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, they, 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 they have this property and Spider-Man is a tremendous IP. Like he outsells the Justice League. He outsells Batman. He outsells the Avengers. And I, ju- I just want to point out, we are reviewing the film Men in Black International. Please continue. Well, again, that is that is owned by Sony. Um, Sony just, they, they take it and run and they think anything they put out with Spider-Man on it will sell. Mm-hmm. And the second, the first Amazing Spider-Man does, it does decent business. The second one, um, it, with what is probably one of the most popular characters, like fictional characters in the world... Only does $200 million domestically. And I, I understand $200 million is still a lot of money, but a Spider-Man movie, when you're looking at the the one that was released in 2002, is the first film to ever open to more than $100 million in its opening weekend. Like, they, they have somehow taken this property that everybody loves and turned it into a, well, I'll catch that, maybe. Oh, I'll see what I can do there. And I think the same thing they did with that is what they did with Men in Black. They're just like... Folks love the men in black. It doesn't matter what we do. The key ingredient to the men in black, and it, it's much the same way that like the, the X-Files can exist without Mulder and Scully, 
but not really. Yeah. Um, Agent Agent J and Agent K, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. That that is just that is that is the peanut butter and jelly that makes mm-hmm. that franchise work. It's not. It's not just the name recognition. It's the it's the classic odd couple situation. Well, I mean, okay, in the in the same way that like, why did you go see the Lethal Weapon movies? Was it was it Mel Gibson and Danny Glover? I'm just saying, are you interested in seeing them reboot that film franchise? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm getting too old for this. I well, I mean, he was getting too old for that in 1987. Like, <laughs> I can only imagine what he'd be saying. Just dee 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 dee. <laughs> like, but I'm I'm saying like the. When, when when Fox rebooted uh, Lethal Weapon for television, like I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, okay." But if you ask anybody, what's what's the main takeaway from that? Mel Gibson and Danny Glover's chemistry, like mm-hmm. getting that kind of lightning to strike twice on the same property, like it is it, it's very difficult to assume that that's going to happen. And I'm not saying like Chris Hemsworth does a bad job, but it seems like what they did. In this film, the the first three are it, they're they're it's a comedy at its heart, right? But it's occasionally interspersed with action scenes. Mm-hmm. This movie feels like an action film that accidentally falls backwards into some comedy, maybe <laughs> into some comedy, maybe. Well, again, like Men in Black International, Thor, funny, maybe Thor Ragnarok. Hilarious. Is a funny movie. Chris yes. Hems, like, that's why I'm saying, like, I, I think he this has more funny. to do with the director or maybe the writer of the film, because I know he's funny. In Endgame, he's he's funny. He's probably the funniest thing mm-hmm. in Endgame. Thank God he was there to be funny in Endgame. Like, with this, it just, they seem to be letting him kind of coast on, his, I'm ample charisma. I'm not, I'm not shooting that down, but, like, there were scenes in I'm gonna the, the first Men in Black movie is the best of the series. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody would argue that with no. me. But you are getting scenes that they they let uh, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones kind of Laurel and Hardy each other in some sense, where like Tommy Lee Jones is just constantly exasperated with this young like whippersnapper, like to the point like you you think he's gonna like that scene. Okay, when he's like oh series four D atomizer, and then like Will Smith's like yeah that's what I'm talking about, and then he pulls out the little tiny one that's about the size of a you know like a, a pushpin, and he's like noisy cricket. Like that's a that's a genuinely funny scene. Like the two of them play off each other, their chemistry, like the juxtaposition of the two characters' mindsets, like it just it opens itself up to a multitude of comic possibilities. You're listening to Parental Guidance Suggested, brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry, Jane Allen and Adam Cravens talking movies. You have that the the straight man and the funny man. And sometimes, like, Tommy Lee Jones is just so dry, he's funny himself. Mm-hmm. This film, you've got Tessa Thompson, uh, who was also in Thor Ragnar. I'm just saying, like, I I know that these people can be funny. Mm-hmm. And I know that given the proper material, they, they can play off each other well. And for whatever reason, like, I, I don't know if Sony's just like, we, they're both of them are, they're appealing, they're charismatic. They were funny in that other movie. They'll be funny here. Mm-hmm. Like, like, okay, did you ever see Hudson Hawk? Um, yeah, uh, some of it, and then okay. I just couldn't. Right. I, I think again, like Columbia, there was just like Bruce Willis was good in Die Hard One and Die Hard Two. We'll give him all the money in the world, and this will turn out like that. And if if you don't know what Hudson Hawk is, uh. 
just give it a quick like uh, Wikipedia like entry. Just ter- bombed terribly. Lots of money. And again, I think it's another case of just going, well, I'm sure they'll be funny. Like, I, I think a better script like was necessary. So what is the point? You've got um, what's-her-face joins. She seeks them out to become. When uh, when Tessa Thompson's character is younger, um, there's an alien that uh, comes into their house. And whenever uh, her parents like step outside, they're like, oh, and they're like, well, we haven't even... We didn't even call animal control yet. Like, what do you guys? Do? And they get, uh, mm-hmm. they use the the the, um, the blinky thing, the neuralizer, yeah, on them. And they they they're asking, is there is there anybody else in the house? And they're like, our daughter is, but she's asleep. But she's not asleep. She's peeking out through the window. So like, her memory is never erased of this event. And like, anytime it comes up, and like, she's telling her parents, listen, aliens are real. I know that. They're just like, stop it. You you need to, aliens are not real. That's preposterous. So like she kind of grows up with a certain degree of resentment for this company, like this this agency that erased her parents' memory that kind of created this this you know tonal shift with her and her mother and father because they don't believe her even though they themselves did witness it. So she spends the better part of her life and like she's pretty resourceful. And finds her way basically into the men in black. And mm-hmm. whenever they're in the kind of an interrogation scene, more or less like the the head of it played by. Um, oh, dear. What's her name? I, I, I cannot think of it. She was at she had to replace uh, Rip Torn when uh, Emma Thompson. It, not it's Glenn not close. Not, it's, it's of that. Helen caliber. Mirren. <laughs> I, I cannot think of her name right now. But like basically she is the new head of the. Uh, the U.S. version mm-hmm. of the Men in Black, and she's like, "Listen, um, we're going to give you a probationary shot at being an agent here. Like you, you discovered us on your own. Like that that shows a lot of, you know, tenacity. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to let you. Uh, we've got uh, something over here in uh, London, which Liam Neeson is the head of that branch of the Men in Black. So it starts out in the one that we're familiar with. That was the basically right. the focal point of the first three movies, and it sends us off to the the, the UK edition mm-hmm. of the Men in Black, and that's where Chris Hemsworth and Liam Neeson come into the picture, mm-hmm. and they they discover that there is a mole in an actual mole. The agency, I'm no, not like oh. a cartoon mole or something like that. It's just it's a it's a mole in the sense that somebody is giving Hans information. Molman. That would be fantastic. <laughs> but that that's your your central thrust okay. like for the movie. Um and I just I don't think that they let that that particular stew simmer long enough. Like there's even uh an allusion to an earlier relationship between Liam Neeson and Chris Hemsworth. Now, if you wanted to try to I don't I want to say duplicate or maybe mirror the the situation in the first one mm-hmm. Liam Neeson and Chris Hemsworth I could see that I, I could have seen that and like I said you do get to see it for like four minutes it, it's kind of given as like a a, a prologue to mm-hmm. the movie saying this happened you know uh you know four or five years ago um but I just Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth I just didn't I didn't feel a spark like romantically between them I didn't think they were especially hysterical together and I think some of that's just they were not given those comic opportunities to do mm-hmm. so. They're just like, you're in an action movie. Sometimes throw in a something funny. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I, it, it didn't work for me. And obviously from the, the opening weekend grosses, it wasn't working for anybody else either. 
And I was expecting, as they were a large opening, from the trailers, it looked like it would be it looked like it would be a movie where it is just what I think it's going to be. It's just going to be lighthearted entertainment. But I didn't pick up on the, oh, and there's really no story here, and it's not going to be funny. It's going to be kind of bad. It's, it is not devoid of comedy. But if you go in expecting, like, I'm, okay, the second one, which is probably the worst of the, the first three. Mm-hmm. At least even in that, like... It's it's a funny. There's a lot of plot holes in it, and I don't think it works as well as the first movie. But it's still a fun movie, and like turned a significant profit in 2002. This one, just I don't. I, I it, it doesn't work on so many levels, and there's nothing there to kind of come in and save it and just be like this. These two elements didn't work, but this is gangbusters. If you're gonna, if if you have, you need to go see it just for that. See, I think part of the issue on a film like that, where it's not horrible, it's just not great, it costs so much to go out to the movies. That's, yeah. It's like, so then there's that why, added why disappointment. Do I, why do I want to spend, you know, $10 on a Friday night on a movie that, you know, I, I can, I, if I'll wait, it'll be, you know, it'll be on, you know, Blu-ray in six months. Usually for our family to go out to the movies, we're talking somewhere in the range of 60 to $80. Right. And there's only four of you. Exactly. eight of us. It's like a swarm when you go. Oh, People my goodness. People probably look at you walking into the theater and, oh, please don't sit by us. Please I, I'm, sit by I, it's, it's like the Ninja Turtles when they're fighting the Foot Clan. I'm sure people are just waiting for me to drop the Ninja Vanish like, or something like that. Like, it, it really, it's like a cattle call mm-hmm. when, when we walk in somewhere. And, like, if, if, I, if I'm going to take them all, like, I need a, almost a, a guarantee of quality. Right, right. Like in Avengers Endgame? I knew, I knew, like with the reviews that I'd read, like this was a brand that I was just, I was like, I am certain this will be Mm -hmm. worth it. Um, Men in Black, I didn't take the whole family. Like I had some free passes and I took uh, uh, Tanner and Canyon with me and both of them fell asleep during the movie. (laughs) Oh, and nothing puts those two to sleep. Well, that's not true. (laughs) But I'm just saying like. I, if if I am not this demographic, like mm-hmm. if I'm not the one that they were intending this movie for, at the very least, if you have the two of them, you you have an and audience. Six and eight. The uh, Canyon just turned six, and uh, Tanner is nine. So I, I'm just saying, like that really is the people you want mm-hmm. to 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 want to watch this, and neither of them seem to be overwhelmed mm. with it. Um, and, and I like it. I'm I'm a pretty big Will Smith. Like as often as I like to throw jabs at him or to make jokes at his expense, like is a is a genuinely talented, yeah, we love him. like funny, charismatic, like actor. Um, and and funny enough, like he did another film that is doing like gangbusters right now. Like he was in Aladdin. I'm kind of curious if it was a situation where Sony was like, "You're really expensive. Let's see if we can do this without you," or was it? Hey, Men in Black Four, and he's like, uh, "Disney want they, they they want me to be a genie," and they're like, "Wait, what? No, can't pass up Disney being a genie." I, I I say they at this point they probably pay well. Yeah, probably. And like, even if it doesn't lead to a franchise, there's there's nothing that stops you now. Like this this movie is not going to do what they want to like domestically, or probably even the worst while. If you liked Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson in this. You should probably watch this movie more because they're not going to get another bite at this apple. 
I would not be surprised if they didn't do kind of a similar to what Jason Reitman is doing with Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. Like if they didn't get Barry Sonnenfeld back and at least get uh, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones in like a mentor role, like having them train the new generation. Like Mm -hmm. I, I think people just rejected it because like the thing that they love about those, it's not the aliens. It's not the organization. It's not the black suits. It's not the technology. It's Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. And like I said, when you take those elements out, and though, te- like I said, technically X-Files is still the X-Files without Mulder and Scully, but that's the reason people tuned in week after week after week. And with these, with this franchise that like took its time between entries, like I think the first one's 97, the second one's 20 or 2002, and then I want to say the third third one is almost 10 years at maybe it's 2012 or 2013 i don't know I, I i don't see why you do not get the participation of the two people that essentially you built this franchise on the backs of mm-hmm. I, and it to diminishing returns it 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 came Mm-mm. well having said that the next week I'm expecting, and I think I'm not alone, I'm expecting the box office winner to be Toy Story 4. I uh, I cannot imagine that Pixar Disney allows the crown jewel of, of its like intellectual properties. Like, Toy Story 3 was pretty much the perfect closing point. For that, like if you if you have not watched all the Toy Story movies, there's not a weak link. Toy Story three like bookends it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it, it's emotional. It's funny. Like it, it's, dare I say it was too emotional. Have not been able to watch it again. It's so therefore. Oh, it, oh, it hits you. It hits uh, you in the feels. So therefore, when Tom Hanks is talking about how hard it was, to, it's like I I know it's going to be good. I don't think I can watch it. I, I cannot imagine that they bring this one out because I, I I had not even realized this till I sat down and did. It's been nine years since the last one. I'm just like, wow, what? they turned Wait. 2010. 2010 it's was Toy been Story. nine three. years since the third one? Since the third one. But the but, first one came out in 95. Second one came out in 99. We just saw it like a I know. year or two ago. I We didn't. It's It's been almost a decade. And I'm just saying, if you're going to pull... Pull this one out of mothballs. Like I cannot imagine that they do. They don't do this with an exceptional idea that they know that they can knock out of the park. And do we know the idea? Because the last one was Andy going to college and the toys go. This is to be played with. This is life beyond Andy. And apparently, the girl that was gifted all of mm-hmm. the the other films have moved in real time. This one has not. Uh, the girl creates a toy out of like a a spork and some like bendy the 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 pipe cleaners mm-hmm. um and googly eyes and his name is Forky and he is very confused about his existence like think if uh, back in the original and he's when, voiced by I can't remember I, now I know Keanu Reeves is in this movie mm-hmm. like as always they have a spectacular voice cast on these like Pixar Disney it really, it, it's kind of like being in a Marvel movie. They they get whoever they want. And if they don't want to do it, they'll pay them until they want to do it. They'll just be like, oh, you don't. Well, how does $20 million sound? they just be like, you should point me to the nearest recording booth. 
Why don't people do that to us? Um, I am not Keanu Reeves, uh, nor, am, nor am I the beloved Tom Hanks. I'm not even the the star of Home Improvement, Tim Allen, who was who was busted for uh, cocaine, um, I believe, in Chicago in the early 1980s. Oh, come on. He was in college and only dealing. Don't uh, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> you could have a very successful Disney franchise and a hit on their network, ABC. Yeah, but it doesn't happen too often. So... I don't think it's the drugs that gave him that. I'm just saying... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so the story is about Forky and the girl who gets the toys. Yes. The, and uh, I guess, like, when Forky... She loves Forky. And when Forky is lost in some way, um, Woody and Buzz go after it. And I guess that's when they find some, like, lost toy. Like, it just... It looks like a, a just a big adventure. Like, and again, Pixar has not disappointed me with a Toy Story movie yet. Mm-hmm. I, and this one, from what I went, there's the, one of the uh, the previews that has, um, what is it? Uh, God only knows what I'd do without you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I started hearing that. And like, I'm not saying I cried during the preview, but if it would have been a three minute preview, oh, I, yeah. I might have cried. Like I was just like, <laughs> "Oh, what are you doing?" And I'm just like, "Oh my goodness this this is a this is a cartoon about plastic toys that they have somehow emotionally yes. involved me in." Yes. So all I have to remark is now that Andy's out of the picture, instead of launching a new list of adventures with Woody and Buzz with this new girl and Forky hearing about all the feels tells me that not all the toys are going to make it. I, I, again, and this kind of kind of parallels what we have been talking about. I think that Pixar Disney understands that the central thrust of this is not Andy. Mm -hmm. It's not the location. It's not, you know, Sid and, you know, him torturing Buzz and Woody are the essential part. Like I love like the, you know, the dog, I love the dinosaur. Like I love all of these characters Mm -hmm. that they've assembled. But when you take out Buzz and Woody, I think you destroy the dynamic Mm -hmm. that is the, the, is the foundation of that franchise. And it's like, it's not like Woody, uh, not Woody Allen, Tim Allen, uh, and that's, man, that's a different movie. Uh, Tim Allen and Tom Hanks Alan Ladd, are, are going to age out of these roles. Like, it requires very little physicality. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is cut them a check and get them to record for a week. Yes. Like So that's why this is just me thinking, because they've made clear this is their last one, and that their last scenes together were so hard to do, blah, blah, blah. I'm just assuming there is a a profound finality. There there may be, but I'm just saying like okay, Incredibles 2 did 180 million dollars its opening weekend, set a record mm-hmm. for animated film openings. Um I I would and I I I love The Incredibles. Love the first movie. Love the second movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say that people love Toy Story even more. more. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised to see this open larger. I'm thinking it's going to open to or higher. Um, you and to like the 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 final box office tally is guaranteed. Guaranteed, I would say. 
to make over a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. I know that Disney said that this is probably the final one, but like Shrek Forever After was the final one because they kept making less money. Toy Story 4 is going to do stupid business. And even if it takes until 2029 to get Toy Story 5, I, would, I wouldn't count it out. Because I thought Toy Story 3 was the perfect place to end it. Mm-hmm. But they said Toy Story 4, and I'm like, okay. I'm just saying like right now, maybe for 10 years, maybe for 15 years. But the as long as nothing, you know, God forbid, happens to Tom Hanks or Tim Allen, mm-hmm. the, these films are viable and they're profitable. They are still selling toys based on them. See, the first film was 1995, nearly 25, a quarter of the century. Disney has been making a mint, <sighs> mint off Doing Buzz old. and Woody toy. I'm just saying like... Whenever you start seeing those profits drop, the same reason, and it, I, I don't want to invoke it because I know how you feel about it, cars. Cars 2 happened because those stupid cars cars, mm-hmm. so they made like, I, I want to say they said did $5 billion in, in toy sales. I'm not talking about like the lunchboxes or like the t-shirts. Or, I'm just saying like that was a cash train. And they, why didn't they make trains? They made planes, right? Right. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, you, you, we've, we've probably spoiled something, and Disney's lawyers are going to, they're just like, <laughs> wait, wait, what rhymes with planes? Trains? Oh, what? Uh, uh. Yeah, just give me that. We'll just put some eyeballs on it and uh, let, let, let somebody voice that. You're a beloved character now. There you go. Luke Wilson is available. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call planes beloved. Like, <laughs> I, I, would, I would call it a film that is not two hours. That's, that's what I would call it. <laughs> Planes was, uh, it was a trial. It was indeed. So the film we're actually reviewing, Men in Black International, is not worth a full price ticket because there will be gnashing of teeth at the money you spent. I I really just don't, don't think that this was anybody's best case scenario. Now, Toy Story 4, as we were talking about, uh, again, like this, we're we're about a week ahead of it at this point. I don't I don't see a world where this thing does it easily cracks a hundred million its opening weekend, probably one hundred and fifty. Maybe it outpaces Incredibles two. Does like one hundred and eighty, one hundred and ninety. Um, I'm still going with two twenty. I, I I'm I, I'm not saying I'm I'm going on the lower end. I'm just saying like this thing is going to make bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really don't see it not doing worldwide at least a billion dollars. So that's the big one this coming weekend. Then after that is, and then you get uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. What old Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Um, there's this other third thing. I remember writing it down. Man, Disney's having a good summer. Mm, well. Oh, I know. It's yesterday. Now, I am looking forward to that. It's a really interesting concept. Guy, Isn't it? Guy wakes up and... No one knows who, like, he knows all the Beatles songs, but, like, no, nobody knows who the Beatles are. So he's like, uh, well, here's a song I wrote. It's, it's called Hey Jude. Um, do you want to hold my hand? Here, I, I can just keep churning these puppies out, guys. So I'm mean, like, leave me in a room for an hour. I've got 10 hits. Tell you what, I, I get, I can give you an album. Give me, give me. Seven days. God created the world in seven days. I'll give you a hit album in six. Now, what excites me about the film yesterday is, first of all, Beatles. But second of all, truly, 
it seems to me to be a fresh idea. It's yeah, I can't think of another film that I, I mean, honestly, yeah. that I can even kind of parallel it to. And so, you know, I, I love my superheroes and all that stuff, but it's also nice to see something that is something new. Well, I mean, you you have those kind of the, the the ones that will kind of spring up out of nowhere. Like maybe that maybe they don't do five hundred days of summer. Sure. Or um what was it? Um Oh dear, I can't. The 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 name is Le- books not book smart. Um, I can't I can't think <laughs> books of books a million. Occasionally, books. you will have films that just kind of creep up out of nowhere, but and through like just sheer word of mouth, people are like, "You need to go see this," and it it just creeps along, staying in the top ten. That would be the greatest showman that actually improved mm-hmm. upon its opening weekend, which, by the way, is unheard of. That does not happen in in like it's film. a Cinderella story. Like it just which, which I'm sure that because they're planning a sequel to it. I don't know how you the even better show the the great I, the great I Estes know. I show, don't know. the greatest show show woman maybe the greatest show men I don't know whatever the greatest show people show persons or maybe it'll be them meeting Ringling Brothers the the, the greatest show. Uh, or maybe maybe it's a team, or maybe it's a versus. Maybe they verse the Ringling Brothers. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. So anyway, I look forward to both of us not crying through Toy Story Four, and uh, that's it. Men in Black International, it's okay. Don't pay full price. I would, like you catch or it on. Or maybe just wait till it's on. You Netflix. catch it on like Netflix, or maybe you buy the box set, and they happen to put that one in there. Eh. Um. Maybe watch it if you want to be like a completionist. It's, it's <laughs> that's that's the movie poster. Watch it if you want to be a completionist. Okay, l- listen, Beverly Hills Cop is technically a trilogy, but I defy you to tell you any to find me anybody that comes out and just goes, yeah. But Axel Foley and Beverly Hills Cop three, am I right? Am yeah. I right? like just they made a third one? It's are you serious? <laughs> Oh, I know. Okay, that. all right. I was, and I mean, like, it, ni, ni, I think but it's 1995. Like that, you know? Oh, it's like the first. The first Beverly Hills Cop is incredible. The second one is really good, and then the third one is just not is not. Oh. So that's it. Uh, we will be back again. Thank you so much for listening to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen, and I'm Adam Cravens.